0: Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Taz Talk, the show where we talk about the Adventures on Podcast. Um, today, we're talking about Amnesty Episode 20. This is actually our second attempt at recording this episode <laughs> after a string of technical difficulties two days ago, so we're kind of just going to be recapping what we already <laughs> talked about. It might end up being a short episode. Um, all, all it means is that we are very well-versed in Yeah, I've thought in a, about in this, this episode matter. a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah. I actually
0: thought of some new stuff that I wanted to talk about while I was re-listening on my drive home. So. You know,
1: what I should have done? I should have uh, fact-checked a couple of assumptions I made the first time I recorded this. But, you know, I'm just going to go with my gut and my notes. That's the
0: fun thing about this podcast. <laughs> you don't need to know what you're talking about. You just roll <laughs> with it. We have the weight of authority just by virtue of having put this podcast on iTunes, right? Hell, like yeah.
1: That's a qualification all on its own folks come to listen to us for our charm and part of our charm is what we don't know about the podcast <laughs> all right um uh, to business this was a
0: lunar interlude yep. um uh, according to griffin's reckoning we're about halfway through the amnesty arc which is sounds about right actually when i think about it if it's been 20 episodes i mean i guess yeah I, they, they did say it was gonna be a shorter
1: a shorter yeah. series Although um, honestly,
0: not that much shorter. If this is halfway through and it ends up being forty episodes, yeah, and that's only like two. Th- that's like two thirds of bounce arc already, it and is. I bet it's gonna
1: be longer. It, probably. Well, uh, no, knowing the Adventure Zone, whenever they set a deadline or like a, a quantity, it's it's usually gonna be a little bit more. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's fine. It's no one's complaining. <laughs> um, I think even like you know, like even if it is a third. Less than the number of episodes of Balance, the last third of Balance was another almost year and a half. So, I mean, I know time-wise, that's pretty significant.
0: Although every time I think about what they're going to do after Amnesty, I get really excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that I'm not enjoying Amnesty. I very really am, especially after this episode. There was a lot of stuff that made me really excited. But, like, sometimes I think maybe the next one will finally be Griffin's big space opera. <laughs> and, you know? I get, well, it, this one, in a way, turns out to be a bit of a... This one's a bit s- spacey. It's a bit spacey in kind of a, a fantasy way, which I like a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, which, which still kind of makes... I, I don't know. I like my space and my fantasy kind of separate. <laughs> no, I want to mash together in a real confusing, <laughs> discordant way, um,
0: just like his Dark Materials, you know. Okay, that's a good point. But it's it... <laughs> just like Sailor
1: Moon, you know. Oh my god, that's oh, a my good point good example. Too. God, you're using all the things I like against me. Do you like? Did you read A Wrinkle in Time? I didn't. Or see the movie? I didn't. I did. I did neither actually. But I okay. know the movie's on Netflix.
0: The movie is on Netflix. I watched it recently. I like the movie. Um, Here's the thing about A Wrinkle in Time. It's like their parents are physicists, and so they talk about like tesseracts and quantum physics, and then they go into space and like fly to another planet on the back of a giant Pegasus angel. So like that's the kind of sci-fi fantasy mashup that I really can seek my teeth into,
1: you know? That's true. I guess if I put it in the frame of, like, this this isn't... It, it might feel weird to me, but it isn't... It's not as weird, I think, as I'm percepting it to be, considering how how much other, like, weird sci-fi fantasy bullshit I invest myself into. Like, this should be not a big deal. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, it's a little weird just because of the format, I think.
1: Maybe that's what it is. Like an improv comedy show. Maybe, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Maybe also, I think part of it is because so much of the story takes place in the real world, and and I feel like we we do learn a little bit more about Sylvain with every episode, but there's just so much we don't know yet. So I, I yeah, even though I we're twenty, that. even though we're twenty episodes in, I I still don't quite feel like I have a good grasp on, like I don't I don't know enough about Sylvain to make a whole lot of, what I can assume to be accurate, you know, guesses about it. Well, you know what's interesting is
0: that in Balance, Balance was based on the lore of Forgotten Realms, Dungeons, and Dragons. So a lot of the material, even though Griffin wrote a lot of his own sort of canon and cosmology for Balance Arc, a lot of it is based in the idea of the planar system and the idea of, like, all of the kind of canonical gods and um, the sort of, like... D&D lore that's been established. Even if Griffin did a lot of his own like modification, and frankly we're pretty far away from like Forgotten Realms
1: kind of yeah. canon,
0: there's a lot of stuff in there that's, you know, there was kind of this like established fantasy world that was getting built off of. Whereas for Monster of the Week, unless there is some I'm not familiar with it like I am with D&D. So there might be yeah. some, like, established lore, but I don't know it. So, like, from my perspective, Griffin is making all of this up on his own, <laughs> which that might be why it feels a little weirder. Because think, even
1: though... That's a good Bal- point. Yeah. Bouncy yeah.
0: had a lot of weird kind of, like, genre fusion elements to it. But yeah. it was all against this backdrop of, like, elves and wizards and, you know, like, a lot of stuff that I think, at least for me, I was already really familiar with. And it's also kind of built on all of these...
1: Uh, fantasy tropes, yeah. So monsters like, monster, all these, like yeah. pre-established uh, notions and things, yeah.
0: yeah. So monster of the week is built on, uh, you know, like supernatural Buffy the Vampire Slayer tropes. Yeah. But then there's also the whole Sylvain thing feels like a really, a uh, it. I think when I when I heard what they were going to be doing with this arc and what Monster of the Week was, the kind of l- lore of Sylvain isn't what I was expecting. And yeah. in some ways, and this isn't a bad thing, but in some ways, it doesn't exactly match the tone of, like, running around in the woods, chasing cryptids, you know? There's I kind think, of, like, another I layer that's to it. it.
1: I think that's it. I think that's why I'm kind of a unsettled with it, is is because, I, I like, the notion of a, a foresty, a romp in the forest paired off with a, a, another planet that they maybe have to save, kind of? Like, it's hard... It's hard for me to harmonize those things because I like they don't go together in my head. Yeah, when they go to Sylvain, it feels
0: like Narnia. I'm imagining like it totally fucking like candy, candy. <laughs> what's that? What's that game you play when you're a kid? Candy Town, Candyland, Candyland. Candy, can, candy, candy Town. Land. It feel, like Candy Town, <laughs> I imagine it looking like very kids high fantasy in yeah. my mind. Whenever I picture Sylvain, just because yeah. you described it as kind of like Doctor Seuss squiggle buildings yeah, and yeah. stuff, and so that does feel like. The kind of tone shift from Kepler, West Virginia, to Sylvain, and on top of that, the fact that Sylvain is a planet far away in space, and apparently they've been talking to a bunch of aliens this whole time. There's like a lot of really weird, disparate elements, yeah. which I like. I'm like super into
1: it. Yeah, I think I think okay. One more. I swear we're really yeah, gonna go talk about it. the episode. But one more <laughs> one more thing. I just kind of want to point out is. They stumbled upon this alien land, and they met all of these fantastical creatures, and then they showed absolutely no curiosity about the culture and what the planet is. And I think maybe that's what is kind of throwing me off, is they, they were introduced to this whole new planet, and they just kind of dealt with their shit, and then they left. Which I, I get it, because you know, they weren't exactly welcome. But we, the only person that we see having any actual like interest in Sylvain is Aubrey. And, It makes sense because like she's trying to learn about it, but like like Ned never talks about Sylvain because he you know he has his own story arc going on and that's fine. And Duck is very focused on his own story arc too. But I think maybe that's why there's such a difference is because Sylvain is presented to be like it's a it's a big deal. Like this this whole storyline plot revolves around Sylvain, but it doesn't feel as as important as the other things going on in the story. So like I like my my head is like, "Oh, yeah, Forrest, Doc's shit, Ned's shit, super into that because that is literally 2 thirds of the t- of the things that we're listening to are mm-hmm. happening in Kepler. They're about things happening in Kepler. And then it's it's almost kind of like Sylvain is kind of like tacked on there. It, we clearly it isn't because it's so important, but like we the we aren't exploring it as much as I kind of would like to, I guess, is is what I'm trying to get at.
0: I think I get what you mean. I mean, but I think it's just, like, hard to fit everything in. Like, we say this every other episode. Where the hell Pigeon go? (laughs) Pigeon's just gone, man. And I was kind of wondering, like... (laughs) They didn't cover what they ended up doing with Billy in this episode. They didn't. Like, they didn't talk about Billy at all, nope. where that seems like a thing they need to settle. And I'm kind of wondering, like, is Billy just going to disappear into the pigeonhole and they're never going to mention them again? Oh,
1: the pigeonhole. I, I really hope <laughs> not. Well, you know, as much as we're like, man, those characters just disappeared forever, if they brought Barry Blue Jeans back, I mean, <laughs> like... I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, sure, yeah,
0: Maybe. <laughs> There's already so much going on, though. It's like I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I don't know where they fit, where they're gonna fit things in.
1: Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that at the point that we found Billy uh, Barry Blue Jeans, I, I wasn't expecting liches and then liches. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not that I'm expecting it to be like as crazy of a twist because again, this is a game. We, I have no idea the lore, the rules, the boundaries. It's it's so unknown. And that's exciting, but also kind of terrifying.
0: Yeah, like the Lich thing is another good example. You already knew what a Lich was, right? Yes. So, like, so much, that's kind of like this thing where so much of Balance Arc, even though, like, some, I think in some ways, because of the format that it was in, it drew really well on, like, all these established tropes and yes. fantasy knowledge. Yes. Whereas Griffin's doing something a little trickier here, I think, yeah. which is, like, trying to create this own, his own kind of like world around this without everybody already having a, a basis to kind of layer it on. And it's hard. I think it's hard to make that seem more fleshed out when you're also like doing a role play comedy podcast yeah. with your, with your brothers, which is why I would love for Griffin to write a novel. <laughs> oh, Griffin. Or and like- I can't wait to read the, <laughs> um, Miles Morales weird Marvel comic that they oh all my apparently God. wrote. Yeah. Especially um, now that I saw Spider-Verse, and I'm like, I loved it so yes, much. Oh, my God. Finally! The, anim- oh the my God. animation was amazing. I thought it was so cool. It was just, like, vi- a visually stunning movie, and I that loved it. That makes me so happy that you liked it. <laughs> oh, I'm so
1: glad. Thank you.
0: I know, because, like, I'm not a huge Marvel person, and I'm not a huge superhero person, but I loved Spider-Man Homecoming, and I loved Into the Spider-Verse, so I guess <laughs> it's just Spider-Man, and that's it for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so let's talk about the actual episode. It's been, yeah, like, 13 good idea. minutes. <laughs> it's
0: because it's like, we <laughs> talked about this already. But no, let's do another a uh, little kind of recap. A little, a little
1: rehash. So uh, we kind of
0: go through Ned, Aubrey, Duck. Yes, yes. During Ned's scene, I think the important things we establish is that he, we now have a cool new car. We do. We've got a mystery machine creep-around van. Um... Boyd I, Mosh is back oh in the God. picture and yes. he he has tasked Ned with stealing a piece of art from a woman named Madeline Cobb who we can assume
1: is Mama. I am pretty sure the mama is Madeline.
0: Yeah, so yeah. that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um
1: Well it 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 I think we're gonna have so much to to chew on in the next episode. Um we don't know a whole lot of what mama does other than she, she runs amnesty in. So if if there is just this sculpture hanging out in the lobby and we just never noticed it before, um, I guess it seems to me that they're kind of hinting that we're going to learn more about mama.
0: Yeah. I mean, we better man, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sure we will. I think especially if, I I keep trying to think whether there's any like significance that we should be picking up on to shade tree or the fact that it's a rhododendron, but I don't I don't think so. Um, I those like, are just we don't we don't know what those are just like things we don't have yeah. any like
1: it's not like Pre- a clue. No, I think, or maybe, I, but you know. I don't think that they relate to anything that we've already discussed. Okay, right? anything yeah. that we already know. I just appreciate um, that it's a rhododendron because. That was my D&D character's name. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I'm pretty sure rhododendrons have something to do with the state of West Virginia. Oh, I'm going to Google that real quick. Cool, thanks. I was about to, and then you did it, and then now I'm not going to. How do you spell rhododendron? It's like rhododendra, but like not. Let me see. It is
0: the state flower of both West Virginia and Washington. Okay, that's cute. Both. Nice. Yeah. It's also the national flower of Nepal. Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like it because it's another layer of, like, West Virginia. This, yeah, that is cool. This is such a home, a hometown homebrew kind of a game. Oh, it's these flowers. Yeah. <laughs> these are really beautiful,
0: and they look... I, these are the kind of flowers that, like, they look good when they're blooming, and then also when they turn brown on the bush, they still <laughs> look really good, yeah, which the, I appreciate a lot. The shape Same of thing them with roses, are really
1: pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think... Uh, do you think yeah. How do you think Ned is going to approach the situation? Because he's, he's kind of backed into a corner. He kind of has to. Otherwise, Boyd Boyd is not going to leave him alone. I think he's going to try to heist it. Ooh, like not tell Mama just kinda dead and just kind of dead at night? Yeah,
0: or? that's kind of what I'm... Th- I mean, that would go more with, like, Ned's... <laughs> kind of trope that his character springs from although we talked about this when we were first recording yeah how i didn't think he would ever dream of telling aubrey that he was the one at her house when she started the fire that killed her mom but then like when Clint and griffin were talking about it he was saying like yeah i think ned has wants to tell her and i was like whoa that's really forthcoming yeah um so who knows he might um approach mama directly but I, I think it would be more fun and like more thematically appropriate <laughs> yeah. if he, you know, did did uh came out of retirement um, for <laughs> one this, last uh, job. Yeah. Oh, here's a question that we didn't ask when we were first recording. Do you think he will try? If he does a heist, would he do it alone, or do you think he would try to enlist Duck and or Aubrey?
1: Oh help? man, I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> oh man, gotcha. I I kind of think he's gonna do it alone. If he enlists. If he enlists Duck and Aubrey, he's going to have to lie to them. He's going to have to tell them what he needs it for. And, like... I don't... How
0: well... But how well do you think Duck knows Ned? Because it's kind of implied that they've That's been true. buddies for a while. Maybe Duck already knows. Like, yeah, you had kind of a shady background. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It... it, it well, I guess we don't really know what the depth or extent of their relationship is, but it's possible that Ned trusts Duck enough to say, hey, I need you to help me do something, and it's going to sound really shady. Yeah, but, or or you like know. one of those and,
1: things where it's like, we're going to do a thing, you can't ask me any
0: questions. Uh, and we already, like, Duck was perfectly willing to go behind Mama's back to keep Billy a secret. Man, yeah, so. that's true.
1: I, yeah, I feel like we should probably make a bet as to how he's going to approach it. Do Wait. you think he's well do we disagree? You think he's going to tell them or you, you don't think he's going to tell them?
0: Oh, he's on whether he's going to tell them or not. Uh, I don't know.
1: All right. This is That a- <laughs> was so I know. You want me
0: to play with you, but I didn't I knew, play with me um, in this space. <laughs> uh, I I think I, I think he's going to tell one or both of them. No. Yeah, I think he's no, gonna tell you. I, think, at I least thought you were done. said
1: he was gonna heist it. Like completely heist yeah. it. Oh, like not tell Mama. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. I agree with you that he's gonna heist it. I think that he is going to Yeah, actually, I think we are in agreement. Because I, okay. I think <laughs> he is I think he is gonna tell he has to tell like one or both of them.
0: I think it'll be more fun. And I think like, you know, they might always have a better idea than we do, but I feel like they're really willing to like do the thing that sounds dumber, but is better for the story.
1: Yeah. The thing that sounds so, more fun.
0: Yeah. I think that sounds more fun if they like sneak around and then they get in trouble and you yeah. know, it's a big dramatic
1: thing. Can you, do you remember in the episode, did Boyd say that he gave back, he said he gave back some stuff, right? I think, I think he said he will give back some stuff. Uh, okay. Cause I was wondering like, where's Aubrey's uh, necklace?
0: Yeah. I think it is in the possession of Boyd and Mosh, which okay. is why this is a very like, very interesting situation that we're in right now. Yeah. Because Ned could also say, you know what, I don't want to do this, keep all the stuff, and then the Flame Bright Pendant is gone. Yeah.
1: He could just walk away. I mean, yeah. it's, it's set up in that you know he's not going to walk away, but he could walk away. He
0: could, man. I mean, well, I mean, so here's the thing. If we're, talk- we're talking about, like, what would be good drama and what would make for a good story i could see a very good twist being like they go through with the heist and then somehow they like they're at the final moment and then like they inadvertently find out some more about the sculpture and about mama and Mm -hmm. then ned right there with his hands on it goes like never mind i can't do this after all because i feel like you know maybe he has like a moment of conscience in the 11th hour yeah and then like I can totally see something like that happening, and then Flame Bright Pendant still missing, unless it somehow spirits its way back into their hands. That
1: that is very true. Yeah, I think I actually would really love if if that scenario played out because that is such a like a Ned way of going about things. Of yeah, like, that sounds cool, right? Right, committing to doing something not totally legal, but then having a change of heart and you know showing true colors at the end and not doing it or doing it but nicely, like you know, like. That is the most Ned sort of solution to the problem. It doesn't get him. He's not consciousless.
0: Conscious, conscious conscienceless. Yeah. Okay. I did (laughs) conscienceless. God, that's hard to say.
1: My other, the other thing I would worry about in that scenario is that they would do like a bad stealth check, and then it would all just go to shit. like I mean, uh, that's
0: the that's how the game
1: goes. That's true. That's true.
0: You want to talk about Aubrey? Yeah. So this is actually the, I think the meat of this episode for me was in Aubrey's segment because we learned about something called the Quell, yep. which is apparently a force that was produced by Sylvain. Well, okay. It is a force that is, it's a reaction to Sylvain's disappearance, um, according to Janelle. Yes. And it is, it is, it is, she also said it was not a malevolent force and that it's trying to salvage the planet. Um, which I went back and listened to episode 19. This tracks with what the Thacker said Mm -hmm. when he was being possessed by like the creepy voices. And Janelle said, or I think it was Janelle. I think Janelle said that like, wait a minute. Yeah, Janelle said that it was in
1: Thacker. How does she know who Thacker is? Wait, did she say like she, she said Thacker?
0: I don't know if she said Thacker but she said the corruption that inhabits. In my notes I wrote inhabits in quotes and then Thacker but she definitely made reference to the the quell inhabiting their prisoner or the mama's partner or Whoa. whatever but she does know about Thacker and knows
1: that Whoa. he is possessed. What by the, the hell? Quell. Wait really? Which, yeah, you're right. I didn't process that until now. Do you want to fact check it real quick? Oh, uh, I'd have to like listen to the I, I i'd have to listen to the thing again. What do you want to do? You want to pause it and then listen to it and then come back and unpause it? Uh, I don't want to pause it. Unpause. Uh, well, because if I turn on Spotify, it might pause it anyway. Oh wait, wait no. Just... By by pause, I mean it's gonna it's gonna drop the call. Oh, the you can drop the call. That's fine. Okay, well, cool. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You so do ready. It? I was so ready to just kind of throw. Do you it. Off. Do it. Go for oh, it. I'll oh, be okay. here. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Dude, she totally knows. Oh, she totally knows. Okay, so you're, <laughs> confer- you're able to confirm. Yeah. Okay. She, she calls, she says, um, this corruption, the same corruption that inhabits your Pine Guard uh, chronicler.
0: Okay, okay, there we go. So yeah, she totally knows then. Um, so yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Is that. I wish I remembered more about, like, did, does Janelle... I feel stupid for not knowing this, but does right. Janelle live in Sylvain, yes. or is she okay? But she's she's not an amnesty refugee.
1: No, 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 no. She is. Okay, not. yeah, she is. She is based in Sylvain. Aubrey goes there to train with her, and she. I guess I guess it's implied that they have conversations, like I guess now, no more secrets, kind of conversations, because now. Oh, so that they makes sense. Everything. Maybe
0: Aubrey told her about Thacker also. And, and
1: Thacker's whole like situation. Yeah. yeah, okay, and, I buy but, that. But, you know, like, you're right, that's one of those things where it's a conversation that probably happened in the background, but uh-huh. it just didn't occur to me that their relationship was like that. Uh-huh, yeah. Who knows, man?
0: Okay, so, that being the case, um, the I find the Quell very interesting, because I guess my major questions about the Quell are... Well, hang on. Actually, let me let me let me say some more stuff that I dug up while I was. Um... So what what Thacker in the creepy voice mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. to Aubrey was Sylvain can no longer sustain the life that is on her surface. We are the counterweight that aims to bring balance, bring the planet back to balance. Those living on her surface would seek to shatter her body entirely in pursuit of their own survival. Um, and he also said, "Please release us. By impeding us, you hasten the arrival of Sylvain's end." Yeah. Um, and another important part is that this f- entity possessing Thacker called Thacker an unintentional host and asked Aubrey, what have we done wrong? Like, why are we in this body?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So here are my questions about the Quell. What does it have to do with the abominations?
1: Ooh, yeah. One.
0: Yeah. So are the abominations, so, so basically uh, Janelle said that the corruption that is inhabiting Thacker, and that is, like, apparently outside the the city that they live in on Sylvain. Everything is, like, corrupted, I guess.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So are the Abominations part of that corruption, or are they something separate? If they are part of that corruption, are they corrupted sylphs? Is that why a weird light person comes out of the Abominations Mm -hmm. when they're defeated? Are those sylph souls? Is the Quell of Force... I I I am guessing that the quell is a force produced by Sylvain, like an immune response. Yes. But I want to float the possibility that the quell is an outside force, like some kind of space police coming in to like help this, like a do- maybe more like a doctor. I guess you could say if we're using a medical metaphor.
1: Wait, hold on. If the quell is the doctor, what is like the immune is What is the immunity? Well, so the idea,
0: the first idea is that the quell is something that is being produced by Sylvain to oh, protect yes. itself. Yes, yes. But, like, it could also be some outside force coming in and giving Sylvain the injection, you oh, know? Oh, like
1: a, like a vaccine?
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, like, an uh, an antibiotic or something.
1: Maybe. So, you know... Um, so, yeah. yeah. You know what kind of puzzles me about this, their, their whole situation, is that Janelle doesn't seem to think that the quell is a bad thing. It says that it's not a malevolent force. But if... What is it if its if its whole task is to cleanse Sylvain of what is draining Sylvain of its power like the the things living on Sylvain and drawing from its power are what is taking away Sylvain's power, so like what is the quell doing on Sylvain is it is it killing sylphs or is it is it planting trees like what is it what's it doing how is it preserving? You know, we don't know that
0: exactly. And I think we talked about this before, which is there's like a, in, when we were first recording this episode, which is that there's a weird thing where Janelle said, it's killing us before we can kill it. And yeah. Thacker, possessed by the quell, said those living, of of Sylvain, those living on her surface would seek to shatter her body entirely in pursuit of their own survival. So for, in my mind, it's like, Humans came through the gate, attacked Sylvain, shattered the crystal. That's when like the the Sylvain, the entity disappeared and they weren't hearing from her anymore. Mm -hmm. But if humans are the ones that attacked Sylvain, Mm -hmm. why are the sylphs in danger? And I think the idea we had was that it's possible that like an immune response that starts attacking the host too, um, it's possible that if this is just like a, like, if the planet is alive and something starts to hurt it, it just goes, okay, everything on the surface, get the heck off. Yeah, no like more time, of this. Time to purge. Like, yeah, it's possible that if Sylvain is an entity and, like, we some process is going on, we, Sylvain doesn't know. Yeah, Sylvain doesn't know, like, can't tell the difference between, oh, these are humans from this place and these are Sylvs from this place. It's just, like, all got to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter to it why it is in pain it just knows that it's in pain and it knows that it's losing energy and it's just like no it's got to stop but we but we haven't been told like well what is it doing to to you know try to preserve itself the other thing too is we okay i think we might have talked about this before but we've been introduced to alexa alexia alexandra alexandra we've been introduced and we've we've listened to alexandra's thoughts but i still don't entirely know what an interpreter does I think she's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So the entity of Sylvain is not there anymore. So she and she we saw her meditating next to the big heart of Sylvain. Yeah. But like, what does she do?
0: I don't know. Uh, (laughs) It's possible that she does something similar to what Aubrey can do and what Aubrey's powers are because because um, Janelle. Remember in that flashback scene, you have Janelle talking to Alexandra like right after she gets ordained, it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, was it
1: like when her dad died? Or something? Whose dad? Uh, Alexandra's. Oh, fuck, I forget. Is this a hair, Is like a lineage thing? I don't, I don't know that it is, but it, it was, I just think that I forget. The day of her, in one of Aubrey's flashbacks, she was saying something about, I know this is difficult because your father just died. Um, and then she realized, oh, this is Alexandra's flashback. Ah!
0: <gasps> I don't know. I forget like how much of that was like half dream, half
1: yeah. I don't know. It, it I was, it was have like to half Aubrey, half Al- Alexandra. It, it was during um the last Bomb Bomb fight, I think. Hmm. Weird. I lost
0: my train of thought.
1: I'm so sorry. I derailed. It's not it. your fault. Um, what was your question? Which, what does? Well, my right now my big question is what does what is the Quill doing? To preserve. Okay, we'll silver. go back to that.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it seems to be like the corruption that's spreading across the main surface. Hopefully, during my. Oh yeah, that's another thing that we talked about when we were first recording this. But uh, last year, I said that I was going to re-listen to Amnesty, and I have started doing that. Oh, I haven't good. finished getting through it, but I am in the process of re-listening to the last 19 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe I will get to a point where they explain exactly what was happening to Sylvain. But
1: they. You know, I kind of. What I really, really want to do is I just want to listen to all the Sylvain parts. Like, I, I don't want to listen to any of the Kepler parts because that's going to distract me and I'm going to fixate on the mystery. But I just want to know. Like, I. I just need to do, like, a listen-through of all of the Sylvain parts.
0: <laughs> you need the Sylvain supercut.
1: I do. <laughs> I wonder if anyone on the Reddit has done. And see, that's the other thing, Ooh. too, is, like, all, all yeah. our fan art, everything, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, everything is about the Amnest Trio, which is great, because that's what it is. Like, these, these characters are the heart and soul of the entire thing. But, like, we were introduced to this fantastical world, and, and we don't know or interact with it at all. So we talk about it, but I'm like... Okay, and Yeah, I think it's a little less developed than I would like, I guess. For for how important it's meant to be, it doesn't seem that important.
0: I don't think that's the case. I for, mean it's just like the focus is on the main characters and yeah. like the humans.
1: Yeah. But but and the, it's just the main a realm that
0: they haven't like explored
1: yet. The main characters, their priority is not to save Sylvain. Their priority is to keep Kepler safe. Mhm. So, to be told that, hey, this planet is dying, maybe you should save it? But they've also said, you know, like, our safety is not your concern. Like, this is a Sylvain problem. Don't get into it, you know? Yeah, Janelle specifically
0: said that to Aubrey during this episode. Yeah.
1: Which, Which to me, felt like it contradicted some stuff she said before, but whatever. Like, I'm so confused with their relationship, because we've been told... Like, maybe they're, like, wary of humans because of the thing that happened that broke the crystal or whatever. But they they still acknowledge that there is a partnership between them with the Pine Guard, and they're still training Aubrey, so...
0: I mean, you know, like, I, it's just, like, just because some people in a group did something bad doesn't mean the whole group <laughs> is bad. Like, yeah. I think, the, the you know, they're just, like, not being racist, I guess,
1: or something. I mean, like, I guess, but, I mean, they don't... They aren't obligated to, so why are they?
0: Well, because they need, or... I don't know. There is. I forget. Like, I need to get. I need to re-listen to the we part need where our, we talk need our to Sylvain Vincent. supercut. Yeah, we need the supercut <laughs> because I can't remember. Yeah, I. Feel, I feel like I. There's something important about the gate being protected, right? Isn't that part of the pine guard's job is to pr- keep humans
1: out of the gate? I don't think so because humans can't see the gate unless, like, they can't. They they don't interact with it unless they've. Something, something. Hey, Chels,
0: your audio is really choppy right now. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, do you think that's a my problem or a your problem? Um, uh, what
1: if I just talk louder? No, don't do that. Oh, but <laughs> I think you're better. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. So I think we've we've hashed out that we don't know enough about Sylvain. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the. One of these one of these episodes we're gonna do a recording and we are gonna be satisfied ish with what we know about Sylvain.
0: No, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even when the series is over. <laughs> um, um let's go on to Duck. Oh my god, Duck. Duck our boy. Baby boy, baby normal I, boy.
0: I love so there's like superhero losing their powers trope and yeah. Like the vulnerable sidekick trope, yeah. Both very, very good, and Duck has now fallen into them by switching to the mundane class, which I think is such a fun, interesting choice. Yes. I love it so yes, much. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm super hmm. happy about the direction this is going. Um the
1: the thing we talked about when we last recorded is, we 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 were kind of wondering how much of the storyline is. Uh, based on the bad rolls. Like, for example, um, Duck did that one roll where he rolled so badly um, that he had his vision, but it gave him a headache because it was the vision of the comet. Like, uh-huh. did that bad roll mean that Minerva was going to die? Or was Minerva going to die already and oh, he just shit. happened to see the comet?
0: I don't know. Here's another question, or something that I remembered um, while I was listening today. Justin is the one who made up Leo Tarkeesian. Oh, yeah. Just, like, when Griffin was like, what's your living situation like? And then Justin just, like, (laughs) invents his apartment building with his apartment manager. (laughs) And Griffin just went with it. Like, you know? And that's kind of the coolest thing That's one thing that's very fun about tabletop RPGs is because, like, I think this happens. Like, you invent an NPC or you have an NPC and they're just supposed to be, like, a one-off. But for whatever reason, your players get so attached to them that you're just like, okay, you're coming with us. Yeah, Barry jeans is a good example. And and Geralt, Um, I
1: feel like, is another... i think garyl's another
0: good example yeah Yeah. but like this i think happens frequently like you end up with npcs that like i wasn't planning on doing anything with this character but now they're a thing
1: you know yeah well and and that's why i'm like where's pigeon and (laughs) where's vincent (laughs) Uh, not vincent who's the other goat man goat boy ryan billy billy ryan gosling
0: (laughs) well so this is a you remember how um griffin was talking about like you know we try to do a lot of narrative heavy stuff before yes in the beginning, but now I think it's more, like, freeform and flowing. This is, I think, part of that, like, Griffin might have been trying to make Pigeon a thing, but then, like, it just didn't go there. So then he yeah. was just like, eh, whatever. Or, yeah. you know, and then, like, instead, Leo Tarkeesian becomes a thing because yeah. that's what, like,
1: you know, he's that, playing off the of the scene. ideas that Justin had. Yeah, that's the yeah. scene that came up. Although, I, and we're going to say this every episode until we get it, I still want to know, if Pigeon is like... Well, how did they resolve Pigeon? Like, is she just keeping quiet because she likes duck or like... Wh- she's gone,
0: man. I think she's just in the void. I don't she's think she the exists void. anymore. Dude, if go- Boyd mosh can just jump in and out of having a British accent, they can just... Griffin can unmake
1: Pigeon if he wants to. He can make and unmake Pigeon.
0: Yeah, think about it.
1: <laughs> um, I thought it was really neat. All the collaboration. Like, I kind of wonder who thought of... like switching to a mundane kind of character. I I feel like it could have been both of them or or Justin especially because he was like, maybe he was thinking like, oh, this is such a great like change, twist to my character. Um, But also I like... Oh, go ahead. Well, Griffin
0: actually, Griffin said kind of vaguely, Justin texted me with an idea he had about where his character Mm -hmm. would go. And then I told him, wait, I have an even better idea. And that's (laughs) kind of how... Like, it was something like that, I think, and that's how the class change idea was birthed. Yeah, that that Um, is so So, yeah, it definitely seems like it was a kind of fusion thing. But then, like, we go into that scene, and to go along with it really perfectly, um, Justin is like, I want to nerf Beacon, too, because Beacon got damaged. And so it's just like, Griffin at first was like, well, no, 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 and then he's like, oh, yes, 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 that makes sense. And so it's like a weird, like, kind of synergistically all works
1: out yeah sort of thing and and that's cool because they're prioritizing what makes sense for the story their character like from an attack defense standpoint their team kind of sucks they have no tank (laughs) and everyone's kind of like i don't think monster of the week is like that (laughs) i know but like still like when when you're building a team you want someone who can absorb hits you know i suppose yeah their tank just got nerfed and now every time I guess Duck someone... was the
0: tank, huh? That's weird yeah. to think about.
1: Yeah, every time someone takes damage, it's gonna hurt much more. Like... And Aubrey was DPS. Mm, yes, and yes. Ned and Ned was the rogue. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. But now they don't have a tank. Now they just have like a bard. Like Duck is just so <laughs> focused on support, but not no, even. No, what's the class that rides a skateboard? Because that's what uh, Duck is now. I love, fucking love that. Oh my god, it's it fits really well for how I envision him in my head. Like that. I didn't totally tracks. I didn't think
0: another Justin character was going to be my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> but I really
1: like Duck a lot. Yes, yes, yes. What else? I feel like we had boards today about Duck.
0: No, I mean maybe, maybe we were not. bullshitting about it, but like that's the takeaways. I feel like I I I when I first listened to the episode, I was like, this sounds awesome and then later I like thought about it again and I was like I like remembered that I'd heard that and I was like, Yeah, it was like a weird feeling of like, <laughs> man, I feel really excited about this show right now. So yeah. a lot of
1: feelings about what happened yeah. in Duck but not, not much to, say to elaborate about it. Yeah. on. Well, you know, the the cool thing is though that like because of all the incentives that you get for protecting him, he's gonna be virtually useless as as far as like when it comes to investigating mystery. Like he, he can't do things. He can try to do things. Um, but by working with him or aiding him or protecting him, if you uh, assuming everyone survives that round, at the next lunar interlude you can expect to reap the benefits like immensely. Like we they don't talk about it too much but everyone like kind of leveled up and they they gained yeah. abilities and things which was really cool. I like
0: the way the level up process feels really integrated into yes. the story. It yes. feels really it feels really good. Yeah. Um and I think I like Duck does have some new advantages like that whole thing where he's really persuasive with other humans. Yeah. I think that's like clutch yeah. and I love the idea of Duck being the new diplomat of the group when he's such a horrible liar like
1: that's (laughs) gonna be fun you know the fun thing about that is i i I think it kind of leans into like duck duck is such a bad liar but he also is a very frank straightforward he's a very clear communicator um him Uh and his role in in as like a park ranger it comes out we've seen it a whole lot where he like remember like his first interaction with pigeon yeah like he was so just like down to earth and he was really kind of charming. Like, I think that suits his personality so good. He's I think still, so. I, I think he, he's like
0: a an everyman exactly, sort of figure. Yeah. He, he's which not was there so, to... Dece- yeah. he,
1: there's no deception. It's just that's who he is. That's like really what the character
0: was. It's yeah. funny that this everyman guy is the chosen one, you know?
1: And like, yes. now he's not even that. He's just Duck. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's Duck with a lowercase d. <laughs> You know, I think maybe that might be that might be the end of my notes. Yeah, I think we did it. Actually, I thought this episode was going to be short
0: since we already talked about all this. We but spent 20 <laughs> minutes talking about other things. Uh, that's true. That's <laughs> right, good. Okay. It just means
1: we've got a lot to say about this uh, about this show. We do. We have, a, we have a whole lot of opinions. Um, yeah, how can no people kidding. find
0: us? Well, um, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can find us on Tumblr at taztalk.tumblr.com. You can send us an email at taztalkpodcast at
1: gmail.com, or you can look us up on iTunes. Hell yeah. Or you can also tweet at us, because we are on Twitter. We are at taztalkpodcast.
0: Cool. All right. Um, I guess uh, next episode coming up soon, and then we get a new abomination, so we'll see what we got. yeah.
1: Yum, yum, give me some. (laughs) So ready. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.